welcome to Positively Flourishing, a weekly podcast by me, Cindy Overton, and Dr. Miranda Lawrence. This podcast will unpack our knowledge of evidence-based health and the effects of positivity on all facets of our health. From a patient, me, with Miranda's clinician perspective, there's going to be a lot of our personal experience thrown in as well. We laugh a ton when we're together, and this is essentially an open invite to our table to heal, to grow, and hopefully be in a better place than when you found us. I must warn you, there are a few bad words said, and some of the subject matter isn't kid-friendly. Please take that into consideration when listening, and welcome to Positively Flourishing. We're back, bitches. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Positively Flourishing. Is the mic at a good level for you? Yeah. Okay. There we go. (laughs) We're your hosts. Cindy Overton. And Miranda Lawrence. Thanks for joining us again. Um, This episode is going to be super personal for us. um, And it will explain why we have been in hiatus for so long, which I don't even know how long it's been. We tried. We said we were going to like, we're never going to leave another lapse, but this is important. So Cindy and I were both um, dealing with some personal health issues. Um, Mine is is fine. And I'm not really going to, I'm not going to talk about mine, um, but you might hear (laughs) my voice. (laughs) Um, So I've got some things I'm working out and, um, and I'm fine. I feel good and I'm blessed and extraordinarily blessed to be here. And life is, is good. But um, mostly we were taking off um, for a very, very serious thing that Cindy was going through. And we're going to talk about that today. But you also in this time, what I think has definitely been, you moved here. Yes. Well, I had moved here, and then we, I think we recorded like three or four episodes. Really? Yeah, but life has Jeez. life has been heavy. Like, the clinic um, has grown. Even from May to April, I doubled in size from April to May. That's crazy. So I moved here to... Um, grow the clinic? To, to, well, to get a handle on the <laughs> clinic. I, I always wanted to grow it, but it's been growing on its own like yeah. a monster. And um, I'm so blessed. So thank you to all of our listeners that are patients and, and come because of that. Um, you, you guys mean the world to me, and I hope you know how much I put into it. But I was just working day and night. So I would work day, see my kids. As soon as I put them in bed, I would work again. And I thought moving down here would change that. <laughs> and it has, because now I'm just leaving it at work. So my response time has slowed, but it's also, I'm more efficient here Mm -hmm. because I'm in the building and the girls don't have to, you know, patch messages through me and working remotely. It's so much easier being here physically. And so that's all been good, but it's almost unheard of for a business, especially a small business to double from one month to the other. And we had already, and you had big numbers. It's not like you doubled like, Oh, I had one employee and I doubled my employees and now I have two. No, you had hundreds of patients. Yeah. It literally, we, our gross sales from April to May was 190% growth. That's amazing. April to May. And we had already more than, I think five times doubled. We, we increased from the first quarter of 2023 had a five times growth from the first quarter in 2022. So I was already like, oh, well, that's why I'm struggling. And then, and then we got out of the first quarter and then I doubled in a month and I was like, I don't know what's happening. 
So I'm sorry about that. And then I've had, like I said, my own health things, but I am good. And I'm not talking about that yet because I don't have, um, I don't want to say a diagnosis. I know what it is, but we don't know where we're going with it. And so I'm just going to leave it alone. And, and I, again, feel great. So I'm, I'm having a good time. That's but awesome. Cindy was the one that was, uh, I don't want to say struggling, but facing a much grimmer diagnosis. And, um, you know, mine, I'll, I'll say mine's in the realm of cancer. I have several precancerous conditions from a autoimmune GI illness that I have. And like I said, it's affecting my voice. So I have stomach cells that are creeping up into my throat. So it's changing my voice. And I had a little bit of a flare up, but I, like I said, I'm do, doing really well right now. And I'm doing what I need to with my GI system to get that handled. But Cindy, um, was going through something and we did want to talk about it today so to give you guys some positivity to look forward to and now that it's handled I, I know it's not completely resolved but um I think it is oh yeah I literally I think I think it is okay I'm super excited tell well, us tell us about it Cindy I remember when we got the potential diagnosis and I'm sitting in my office and there's their dramas going and I like was tearing up myself and I like had my eyes like this and you can't see but I was like pushing my fingers into my eyes and they're like they knew what was happening. I didn't tell them what was wrong, but they knew it was something with you. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I can't. I can't do this. And then I'm talking to Woody. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I know she says she wants to be alone, but please tell me you're with her. And he's like, I got this. I got this. So we're like, you know, matching so you're not by yourself, even though like, you know. And so anyways, it was a lot. And then Tuesday's son passing away right after that. Then I couldn't be there for you. So it was no, kind of like, I've... good thing Woody wasn't, you know, was totally supportive yes totally totally supportive and I've learned I've learned the past couple years I feel like it's a toxic trait of mine which is when I am in um pain I retreat yeah and I don't like seek comfort from other places it was very difficult for me to tell you like anyone what I was going through it was pain it truly was like if I if I told you during that time what I was dealing with that just means you are number you're the number one in my life you know what I mean it was and not to detract from the people that I didn't tell because I, I didn't tell my children and they're obviously number one in my life right but you didn't want but to them. I I had to tell the certain people because I didn't want to just drop off the face of this earth and you wonder, like, what did I do wrong? Like, you know. Well, it was pretty complex, too. And it was complex. And I used, apart from you being my doctor, I used you as a sounding board. But more than anything, I used you. I mean, you were just my friend and, you know, to give me comfort in that time. And I'm very, very grateful for that because I knew that you had my back even if I didn't know you had my back like even if I didn't get the daily text or whatever I knew just as if with Tuesday you were you would drop everything just to make sure you took care of whatever I might and when Tuesday's son died I was um, 10 hours away and I had a blowout I got in the car to start driving I had a blowout like an hour into it so I'm driving on a donut. We had like this half-assed jack. It's not even a real jack. It's like this tire was stuck. Good Samaritans were stopping all along the way, but it's a Sunday in Oklahoma. It's like, oh the, my gosh. I don't know the Bible Belt, but they are serious about closing everything on a Sunday. <laughs> so I had to drive 45 miles all the way home and it was like, 
it was not quite 20 hours with that. But then I didn't get home. But I was like, girl, I am here in spirit. I will yeah. be there tomorrow. Yeah. So you, you did it. So I, I would have been just, there for you no matter what it took. I know. But I know you know that. I know. But so to keep the, um, so to get basically to it, try to make it as brief as possible. But in um, late February, I started noticing um, I'm one of the weirdos that shaves their legs every day. Like I have not, like there's, you know, some women just, if I don't shave my legs, I don't feel like I have, like I'm clean. It's just shaved legs and underarms. I just, I don't know, but that's how I am. So when I was shaving my left leg, I noticed some numbness. And then um, I just ignored it. I was like, because I get, um, is it neuropathy in your fingers? Like, because I'm always cold, you know, like with my um Hashis with the autoimmune disease that I have with Hashimoto's. um, My fingertips get numb quite often. Yeah, which for some people is like a symptom of Raynaud's. Yes. R-A-Y-N-A-U-D-S. But it also can, you can also like kind of, the people I've seen with Raynaud's, you know, obviously that's in a hospital setting, but it's a visible thing. Right. You can see it physically. Right, right. And And I know that that's not what it is. It comes and goes and I know that there's just certain times that that happens. And so I was like, well, this is weird, but may, you know, I mean, maybe it's just that I I didn't know. And I just kind of ignored it. And, um, then I noticed that I was like walking weird. Like I was overcompensating with my foot. Yeah. You couldn't, um, it wasn't just that you couldn't feel anything like very quickly. It seems like, you start to have a muscle fatigue from it. Yes. So it's dragging in a way. It's not moving the same way the other side. Was. Right. Right. And so, which led to foot drop right. or drop foot right. or right. whatever. And so what that means is that I literally can't, like if you can, you know, bend your t- foot down, you I couldn't. extend and flex your foot. Yes, I, I could extend, but I could not flex. Right. And so if someone was like, like if I had to pull, push up against something or like I had no muscle control down there. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even at one point move my toes, um, wiggle my toes at all. And um, so I went somewhere one day and I was wearing a pair of... Um, and this has been going on by this point for, it feels like two weeks. My time continuum is like awful, but it wasn't like a few days. No, it wasn't days. It was a couple weeks. And I remember putting on a pair of shoes that I loved. I'd never worn and I'd gotten in Wisconsin and I insisted on wearing them just to go out. I was going to a little local pizza place just to, and I was overcompensating with that because they were little platforms. So I was really, I mean, it was like I was slinging my foot forward. It was the craziest thing in the world. So then the next day, or maybe even that same day, I came home from there and I was mowing the grass. And when I was mowing the grass, I stepped wrong and my foot rolled 
and my, it's all in my left foot. Everything's fine with my right. My foot rolled, and it just immediately ballooned up, you know, swollen, sprained ankle, just really bad. Right. So to put this in perspective as, as a medical provider, now, okay, we're both going to agree it was roughly two weeks. And so I had known about it, but Cindy is, you know, you have two basic types of people in this world. They either go to the doctor for everything or they avoid them at all costs. <laughs> and, and most of my clients are people who avoid typical conventional medicine at all costs. And it's not that it's bad. It's just like, you know, they either want a natural approach or they don't want to know what's wrong with them if it's serious. And, and so Cindy falls, you know, more into that category. So we already had one problem, which mm-hmm. was which was really two at this point, numbness first, mm-hmm. you can't feel it. Mm-hmm. Then two, you can't move it. No. And now she's rolled it into a hole mm-hmm. and it is swollen, I don't know, about twice the size as it. Oh, I think it was much larger. Oh, I think it was almost three times the size. And didn't we have like a good bit of discoloration too? Mm-hmm. Massive discoloration. So I don't know what I was doing. I know you were sending me pictures. I didn't actually see it in person. Whatever the hell I had going on. Yeah. Was, well, what I feel like you, now? I don't know where. I think I might have been in Virginia for part of it. And I, don't I know think how you were. I moved back here. That's I why I was, I was confused by. Yeah. 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 I go up there still to work because I have another clinic up there. Yeah. Um, but now you've rolled it and now it's swollen and you still can't feel it. Correct. And uh, it's like. I feel like it's a Friday that this happens and I'm one, I don't want to go to like an after hours clinic. I don't want to go that I want to give it the weekend to see what it does. Wait, you know, <laughs> wait for the swelling to go down. And by Monday morning, I went to urgent care, right? Yes. The Baton Rouge, whatever urgent care. Yeah. And, um, they did an x-ray and said that it nothing was broken and then they put me in a boot and I um, made an appointment with no I didn't make the appointment I don't remember what point I made an appointment with the ortho the guy told me 724-2424 like I mean the at the urgent care he was like go to you know that so you and I remembered the number and I started going to see I made an appointment to see a chiropractor yeah and so I went in and had x-rays done. We found I had arthritis in my back. I have um, a few um, bone spurs. And my upper back was so messed up she didn't even want to... My neck was so messed up she didn't want to even, like, touch it. And didn't you have... Didn't we do already know or in this process at this point also have a sciatica diagnosis or was that later? Yes, I had sciatica. I have... My whole spine is just messed up. Right. And yes, but I had no sciatic pain. Right. And so my thing, and whether it's good or bad now looking at it from the end, I don't know if it was good or bad that you had me in your ear saying, I don't think that this isn't lining up for me. Like, I'm concerned that there's something else going on. Right. And then you had an added interesting tidbit with your dad, which, you know, talk about, don't talk about, but that threw a curveball too. Yeah. Because then we think it's that. Right. And so when, when I go to the chiropractor, she can't find anything um, that would be causing the neuropathy that was going on in my leg. Right. And she keeps adjusting me and she keeps like yanking the mess out of my foot and my toes. And, you know, I'm thinking that things are getting better, but 
they were like it really wasn't I mean the adjustments worked but not to get rid of the numbness and not to give me more movement in my foot right and so from a medical perspective when you aren't moving your foot enough and you get this foot drop you know we do have you do exercises to um strengthen those muscles right up but the issue with Cindy here is that she still doesn't feel it. Right. So it's not that that wasn't good advice. It was just like. I couldn't do it. Right. Super confusing because <laughs> we were like, I guess we're going to take a band and then you lift the band and pull your foot. Yeah. You. I don't know because you don't have any muscle strength to do the physical therapy. Exactly. And so it's frustrating. And it's frustrating. But I, everything in your life, I wholeheartedly believe sets you up for your something that you're going to deal with in the future. So when my hand, my brother Taylor was, you know, handicapped six weeks old, got encephalitis. He went, I took him to physical therapy a lot. And so as he grew, we he couldn't move on his own. I mean, he was at the, um, mentality of a six-week-old baby, if that, up until he passed away when he was 15. So at some various points in his life, he had every tendon cut because he couldn't move them. So sad, but in the pre-stages, like when he first got sick and we had hope for, you know, changes in his brain and for him to get some brain strength and you know growth back we were at one point all learning braille because we knew he couldn't see we were taking him to therapy and we were moved like doing the bicycle with his legs we were stretching his foot we were doing the bend and the flex we were mimicking crawling we were you know every movement that you could think of we were doing with him in hopes that one day he would be able to do it almost like a muscle memory was he brain dead he was brain dead. Okay. So was he brain dead at six weeks when he got encephalitis? After, yeah. I mean, his, his brain was, it literally well, looked like cottage cheese. Because he could still, well, he, he could, but he couldn't feed himself. So. No. He had a feeding tube. Okay. So he was brain dead. He was brain dead. And but we still dead. just, for oh we, we refused. This is a good point to our pre-conversation to right, this. Right, right. We refused to believe that he was brain dead. And we talked to him as if he wasn't. Yeah. So, guys, this is going to get super, super deep. So, this is like a multifaceted story here. Yeah. <laughs> as anything to do with me, I'm going right. to tell you. So, it's not just what you're hearing. So, just put on your thinking caps here because it, when Cindy gets to the end of the health problem, we have like a, a special, I don't know if the word's conundrum, but a philosophical um, thing happening here with us and 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 it stems from this health crisis that she had um but yeah so 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 you had hope and you refused to believe and so he just kept on living for 15 years he kept on living until basically his organs did not couldn't support him anymore wow and so um when i was told to do exercises that I couldn't do because I couldn't physically move my foot. I could not use the bands. Well, then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to move the foot myself. I'm going to do what I can because I couldn't move. Like I couldn't flex or what what is it called when you point your toe? Not flex. Is it flex? Extend. Extend. Okay. So I couldn't extend. 
I could extend, but I couldn't flex it back. You so need to I, be able to do both to walk. <laughs> yeah. It was, you have, yeah. So I would physically just sit and make the, do those movements myself, like with my hand, do the movements. Right. Um, that's the only thing I knew to do. Right. So it doesn't worsen anymore. And my brain, and brain, and the, like, in my brain, I wasn't going to make it worse. It's not, it not moving. So, like, I mean, so anyway, fast forward, I keep, I, I make an appointment um, to, to go to an ortho. I've gone to the Cairo. I'm waiting for the ortho appointment that's weeks out because right. they're in no hurry to see me because I just sprained my ankle <laughs> and they're thinking right. that she's whatever. So what I do is I feel like my leg's getting better. And I am going somewhere, and I don't remember where I was going, but I was going. I was trying on a pair of boots, just Western boots, and I said, "Was Sophie was with me?" And I said, "I'm just going to see if I can, you know, why can't I wear a boot?" Sophie's her daughter. If we haven't mentioned it. Why can't I wear a boot? Like I can wear a boot. A second I put the boot on and I stepped down. My ankle rolled again. However, this time, because I didn't have the noise of a lawnmower, you could hear it. it. You could, I could feel the pop. It was like a huge, like rubber band, just like popping. And then I, we heard the pop, and I just got on the bed and I just started sobbing because I was, I, I'm not in pain. I mean, I have a. I don't have a pain threshold. Like it wasn't out of pain; it was just out of frustration. So you don't, frustration. Feel, you don't feel any hurt because it's completely numb, right? Is that why? Okay, wow. right. So, um, I then go to Baton Rouge Ortho after hours, and I'm sitting there with WL, which is my 12 year old. Oh, he's so cute, guys. And. I wish that he had not come with me because we're with the doc. I'm sitting with the doctor and I have him come in the room. They do like a um, MR, a, a CAT scan, I mean, a, a X-ray on my ankle. And I tell the doctor about my numbness. And he said, well, I see that you have an appointment on Wednesday with Dr. So-and-so. And I said, yes. And he said, well, let me get him on the phone because I have some theories about what's going on. Because of the numbness. And then from a medical provider standpoint, one of the issues that we were having here is people, what they're viewing it as is like she rolled her ankle the first time and then that started the numbness. Right. So getting them to understand. And then I wasn't going with her to her appointments. So like if I had been there, I think I could have like shaken it into them that like, no, uh, the numbness started first because that's what you expect. You expect like you to, what they're used to dealing with is you fall, you hurt, the injury occurs first, and then you have the numbness. Right. So trying to explain to them, no, 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 no. I had numbness. Then it turned into muscle weakness and then it caused my foot to roll. And now it's happened twice. That is what kind of delayed some of this getting treatment situation as well. Right. And so, um, they start like pushing back that they start doing different testing on my foot, you know, having me pull against things or push against their hands and, you know, use like using my right foot as like the gauge of strength and stuff like that. Um, they look, they're looking at my perineal nerve and my knee and they're pushing like my leg up over my head. I mean, like literally pushing it all the way back. And 
doing all of these tests and I literally sitting there and they said, well, we're looking at ALS, MS or brain cancer. Literally just told me that. And I'm thinking in my head, this is a doctor telling me this. Usually I would think they would wait to have some sort of like for sure's before they start saying this. So if he's telling me this is serious shit, he's not saying we think you broke three bones. He's throwing out the big guns. Right. Like, none of these options are good options. It's not like, oh, you have, you could have MS, but you could just have a pinched nerve. <laughs> right. No, it's ALS, MS, or brain and cancer. And I'm like, MS is the best option out of these three, so let's hope that's what it is. So, but wait, we're going to send you home and go to the ortho again on Wednesday So I go and see the ortho on Wednesday, and he does the same testing that he told them to do to me on Friday and says, yeah, well, I need to get you to a neurologist and schedule some MRIs. You have ALS, MS, or brain cancer. And I'm devastated. None of those options I want. I mean, you know, like none. I'll take a back surgery. I'll take whatever so I life goes on I just wait to get the neurologist appointment yeah and I desperately wanted to order her brain scan and I was just like let's get that out of the way right we can you know do it so I would have preferred had they go reverse yeah 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 like can we order the brain scan today so we can clear that up so when you go to the neurologist he already has these answers right <clears throat> but you did do all that we could do. Yeah. We did extensive blood, an extensive blood panel. So yeah. that way, when I got there, the only thing that he wanted that he ordered was copper. Yeah. That was the only thing he had to. And because, I'm not a neurologist, so that is not my specialty. So but he, you, he did copper to rule out heavy metal toxicity, which can cause um, these neuropathy Right, issues. right. So it was... You, so, so the numbness she was feeling in her foot, sorry. Right. So um, he orders um, MRIs, and the same day he does uh, EMG. That's where they take the probes. I mean, it, to me, it's like a freaking Cajun. And Is this the when they found not the... Not the, the nerve conduction study yeah, yeah, yeah. and the EMG, ERG, EMG. I don't know. I remember you. Is this where they find the like hypertonicity and yes, okay. yeah. So then they then I have. Um, Woody just peeked in, by the way. Oh, I don't think he's still there. <laughs> we have. Um, so yes, so he does those two tests and hyperreflexia, and so I was diagnosed with hyperreflexia, which meant that. And you would explain this better than me, but basically when they tested my reflexes, it would just like hyperextend. They would bounce. So if you guys know, if you've ever had gone to a clinic and they hit your right below your knee with a little hammer, they're doing it to see if your leg bounces. And it is. It's supposed to bounce a little bit. So this means that when they hit Cindy's knee below her knee, and it might not have been that just that area. It was several places. Yes, it was my toes. It was my. It was like five different places on my foot. That instead of bouncing a little bit, it bounced a lot. Yes, and this can mean different things neurologically. 
And then on top of that, I had clonus, which the clonus was that repetitiveness of that. It wasn't just the one kick. It was then with like a bounciness to it. Yeah. There's a few other um, diseases that that's more commonly associated with. And we did not think that that's what she had, like with Parkinson's and a few other things. Right. This was not in the realm of of thought, at least as far as I know. Right. um, With this. Right. And so, um, he then, he poked me and I, and I know it's not the size of a Cajun injector needle, but that's just what it felt like. So sticks this needle in you with an electronic probe and shocks you and shocks your muscles. And we stuck the needle through your skin. Oh, he stabbed me. Oh shit. Stabbed me. I mean like stabbed and he did it all over my, um, my legs like and my back. Is a shot needle or bigger? Yes, it's thicker than a shot needle. Gosh, and it went through. Oh, that's why you're saying the Cajun injector thing. Yeah, and it wasn't as big as like the one that that they inject big meat yeah. with. Yeah, roughly that's what you're. Yeah. To. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I did not. I remember you telling me about it, but for some reason, I I thought they were doing that to see how if you felt the pain yeah the needle I didn't realize they were sticking it through your leg oh no 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 it was to they were sticking it at various he was sticking at various muscle points in my leg to see what the conduction of it was that was the nerve conduction study and so then he would look at a graph on the screen and then he had just little bitty probes you know just like electromagnetic looking little things that he would stick like uh, like you do with your heart yeah. Like, yeah. that was stuck on me in various places to catch, like, the waves of that you as well. your legs while they were doing it? Mm-mm. Hmm. He would stick me and move up. <laughs> oh but it was, it was, um, he was concerned because my, where I said I had no feeling in my legs and feet, I actually did have no feel. I mean, you know, he yeah. it was confirmed. Yes, yeah. she's not crazy. You know, there is no, because he was stabbing me, like when he did my left leg first and um, that was where I was numb. And I mean, I didn't even flinch. And then he did my right leg and I was like, shit, like, you, right, know? Right. you know, but the weird part was he did my back and I have no pain in my back. I did not feel when he did it in my lower back, where they said I have sciatic, where the chiropractor said I had sciatica. I, he was shocked. And in fact, he stabbed me even harder and shocked me harder on my back because I had no feelings. And one piece of this that um, Cindy hasn't mentioned yet, uh, and I don't know if she was going to, but for any medical providers listening, this this started out one-sided, but she had started having like some numbness on the right side, mm-hmm. which is really, so if you're listening and you're like, okay, well, that does align with sciatica because it's just on one right. side. It wasn't. It had started going on to the right side. She did start having numbness on the right foot. And that's when like it all kind of like the theories of it being just like, you know, because I was like, I don't know. I've never heard of somebody having sciatica and it causing like complete numbness on the side like usually right. it's like a shooting pain down your hip or down your leg not like numbness to the point you can't move your damn feet and now you got foot drop right and so then when it started going to the right side is when i think for me that's when it that was scary problem yeah that was really scary it for you because it was quick started it for you that made you really concerned it was something else like what point 
I feel like it was the brain tumor part. So the the point that like made it really scary is because I knew that my dad's sister, my dad passed away um, eight years ago, and he died of um, glioblastoma, brain cancer, and um, I stay close to his sister, and I knew that her husband had neuro- has neuropathy. I mean, they're in their eighty, like close to eighty. So. Yes. Okay, so then we expect that right. with diabetics. Right. It's not something that typically occurs, especially bilaterally, in a healthy 40-something-year-old woman. 52! Uh, well, she doesn't look it. Everybody who's seen a picture of Cindy knows this. Um, but even 52, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect this in somebody who's not diabetic and bilaterally. So that's why it's becoming a concern. Right. And so when I called my aunt, because she had... She, one of the two, her husband or her, have had any type like parent, like knee surgeries, <laughs> spine surgeries. One every type. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I knew she was like my one-stop shop for questions. Oh <laughs> so she immediately says to me, "Don't worry, like, don't let that concern." Like, well, I tell her about the foot drop, right, and the numbness, and she was like, "It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay." And I'm like, "But." overly like it's going to be okay overly maternal overly like don't like and I didn't understand her reaction did that give you peace or frustration scared the shit out of me because then I said I and Joan I don't know what you mean like why this response and she said well that was your dad's first symptoms and I didn't know that my dad hid his disease from from me and I now it just really hit me a couple of weeks ago that he took a long trip the summer before and he went and he went down the eastern seaboard and he went drove all the way down to Key West and he drove he lived in Laredo, Texas and he drove all the way back up and spent some days with me and then that November he was diagnosed. So to clarify for the listeners, basically here's Cindy going through a personal physical struggle scared trying to get answers it's frustrating as i'm sure most of you have been through something where you feel like something's off and you're not people can't you know you have to go through multiple specialists and then it gets frustrating because you have to keep retelling your story and everybody has a different version of like what could possibly be wrong with you so then she reaches out to her aunt who then says oh your dad started out with these exact same symptoms and cindy's hearing this for the very first time this is how your dad died right this is what started it too for him right and so the neurologist that I had gone to had only ordered the three MRIs on my back the three different you know parts of your back and neck you know lower back back spine whatever you call it so I sent a message to his nurse which has been phenomenal and I said can we please this is you know what happened can we please do a brain scan or a brain MRI, MRI on my brain and so they agreed and so I'm trying I'm going to dense it down some so basically all of my MRIs came back completely clean no lesions not even a speck of nothing I mean perfect and um Woody starts calling in he wants me to see every specialist under the sun and I'm going to doctors and all this stuff is still happening to me and I continue we make uh 
another we have an appointment scheduled in Houston at a specialist I've gone through other seen other doctors and they all have the same scenario like this is what you have you have ALS it's diagnosed ALS and um by the time so now we've narrowed it down to we're highly suspecting now that the brain scan's clear we can say you don't have brain cancer so ALS for those of you who don't know this is uh, Lou Gehrig's disease it is, uh, I would say, the reason that I was uh, petrified for my friend. And it, my point really doesn't matter. This is all about Cindy. But I'm, I wanted to throw in a piece about ALS because I've seen it as a medical provider and as a nurse. So I practiced nursing for, geez, okay, I'm 36 and I became a nurse at 20. So six years before I became a provider. And... Um, I have always said from my experiences as a nurse, I do not have anything to do with ALS now. But my experiences from a nurse, I said there are two things I do not want to die from, and it is Alzheimer's and ALS. So for those of you who don't, don't know, ALS, so M- MS is a, a multiple sclerosis. It's um, an autoimmune condition, but you know, you, main things are you get muscle weakening, sometimes you end up in a wheelchair. There's a lot of pieces to that. It's, it's brain involvement too, but you don't die from MS. Like, you know, you, you have treatment, there's no cure for it, but you, there's varying levels of, um, symptoms. You Mm -hmm. know, some people you could know and you would never know they have MS. Right. And then other people, um, are in, like I said, wheelchair bound and it defines their whole life because the symptoms take over. ALS is not like that. ALS starts out problematic can keeps worsening and you keep getting worse and worse muscle fatigue but the worst part about it is your brain stays completely intact while your body shuts down and you ultimately like suffocate to death and as someone who's watched multiple people die from that it's it's just horrible like i'm like i'm not saying what i went through was horrible it's just it's horrible for these families to watch mm-hmm. their loved one die from it mm-hmm. it's horrible for the loved one to die from it they are literally, you know, so it starts with like your extremities, which is what happened. Her right. Were, the same exact, exactly. Yeah. And then now she can't move them. Right. And then it was left and then it's now it's right. So now we got bilateral. And so again, the reason that was concerning for ALS is because it's both sides. So if you just have like a pinched nerve or something, the way your dermatomes work, it's, it's only going to affect one, one side. side. So then we, then we're thinking just nerves, but when it goes to both sides, that means it's crossing over and it's typically not a pinch thing. Then we're worried about brain involvement. And that's why they started saying ALS, MLS and, um, brain, brain tumor. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. And so ALS is, is truly, like I said, you, you know, you're, you're, it's a slow death. It's, it's progressive. It's debilitating. And your mind is completely there the whole time. You yeah. lose function until you suffocate to death. You literally, your muscles, your lungs stop. It just gets more. You have and to be too fed. You can't swallow. Yeah. Your your voice changes. You your your your. You can't eat. You you, you can't you, speak. So you lose right. the ability to speak, but you're completely cognizant of it. And you're basically a quadriplegic because yeah, you lose you mobility. Quadriplegic first, not first, but. <sighs> way before can't eat can't change yourself but the extremities are first so like fingers and toes and then it progresses inward into your body and then yeah you're bed bound but that's not even like i said you're completely cognizant of what's going on right so you could be screaming out in your head and nobody would freaking know right that's terrifying to me and then like i said even 
that's not even, I mean, that's horrible. But then what actually kills you is your lungs, they just get more and more rigid and the breasts get shallower. Right. So typically you die you're, from you're suffocation. suffocation. And that's just, it's just awful. Nobody should have to. And it's not a quick suffocation either. It's not like somebody put a bag over your head and you got two minutes or whatever. Yeah. No. You would know better about how long yeah. it takes to suffocate. It would be for me because I would go to some state where I could have some right. sort of. So Cindy and I have already worked out this plan. Yeah. I was like, Cindy, it's all right. I will, I will be there for you. Yeah. However you need. And, and I know you know what yeah. that meant. Um, yeah. I was just like, I've, I feel, I don't know if I had told you about my thing with ALS at this point. I'm hopefully not because I don't want to scare you. Didn't want to scare you even more, but I was definitely not going to let my friend go through this. So I just wanted to add my tidbit as a medical provider of what ALS yeah, is that's, and why it was terrifying. And it's not just like, oh, okay, well, let's go find a cure. There is no cure. No. You absolutely die from it. And there is all we can do for you is essentially comfort measure, measures and give you pain meds like to yeah. make you more comfortable. But and cannot fix it. Then to complicate things is um, ALS is either upper or lower um, region like my I forgot what the words it upper or lower neuropathy there's an upper and a lower thing so one so like ALS like my neuropathy was one thing but having the um, the numbness was a whole other thing that with ALS you do not have numbness hmm. so my neurologist Woody kept sending making appointments and we were going to other doctors and I don't I don't even think I ever told you about those because it was just there's so much so much but we were holding steady to go to um Houston right and so I'm, I've got it. We're like literally on a time. It's okay. Crime. We've, got eight, we've got 17 minutes. But basically, we're sending her to Houston with just to confirm the diagnosis of ALS. Basically, yes. But to figure out what the numbness is about, too, because there's obviously, like my doctor here kept saying, you're just complex. I'm like, yes, I know I'm very complex. But so, so we. Like two weeks before the appointment, maybe three. Yeah. And. So we go, we're, we're jumping through hoops, we're doing everything, but I am still, I'm always like, I don't have this. I have it. I'm, there's no denying I have it, like, because everything you read about it, I have it. But I just kept going on, like, like I don't. And I just kept going, like, I had to. I mean, there's, life happens, and, you know, I didn't want my kids to know about this until they absolutely had to know about it. And uh, Kately, our oldest, still doesn't because she's not local. And, you know, my local kids knew something was up with mom because mom's limping. She can't, I mean, you know, like (laughs) I couldn't do things. So they had to know. So long story short, um, Woody and I were going to one of the, um, the appointments and I started to feel movement and I didn't start to feel I shouldn't say I started to feel movement I started to be able to now move my left foot I noticed it first in my toes and then I noticed that I could flex it up a minute amount but it was there and it just I showed Woody and I just like he was like I don't want you to get your hopes up and I don't want you to hurt yourself stop doing that and I'm like I feel like in my head me doing that is what 
got us here, you know, so I continued to do it. And so... So you disobeyed Woody. <laughs> I do, yes, I often disobey Woody. Anybody surprised by this? <laughs> so long, long story short, I get still with the diagnosis of ALS, I beg to go see my original... Uh, I beg my original neurologist to see me one la- like one more time because I'm noticing changes. And I'm sure by now he thinks I'm crazy. But not, I don't think he <laughs> don't does think anymore. Okay. Not that he does anymore. But um, I went, was it last Wednesday or third? Yeah, because it was going to be the sixth-ish. And that would have been three days ago. Okay. So it was the week right right up. So I go to see him and I, um, he does the whole nerve conduction stuff. He, he didn't set up for that. Like when I walked in, when he walked in the room, he said, so what are you doing? And I said, I want to show you something. And I flexed my foot and he said, hold on one second. And he went and got all the equipment. He said, I want to do a few tests on you. And he was like, he did all of the tests. I could feel them. I, you know, the right leg was still stronger than the left um, as far as like the feeling, but I could feel it and I could move it. And I had muscle strength against his hands. Like when he would pull, I could, you know, pull back. And he looked at me and he said, you don't have ALS. You would not, you would not go there like you, you wouldn't have improvement right and the reason why I um had that like I wasn't going to succumb to it is if you've heard Woody talk about Jesus held like his book Jesus held me when he had trigeminal neuralgia we we didn't succumb to that disease either and I'm not and I feel very hard saying that because there's a lot of people that don't have a choice obviously they have have ALS the diagnosis Many, many, many people don't have the story that I have. Right. But I have to still give thanks and praise that my story is this. And I didn't succumb to it because I didn't have feeling in my right leg either. And what if I did believe and I still like just succumb to it? I I don't know. I need your help with this because I feel very selfish. So basically what we're getting at is, you know, we started this this podcast because we wanted to spread positivity and how not just positivity from a strong standpoint, from positivity from we've both been the victims of domestic violence and rape and, and really hard stuff, some stuff we will never mention on this podcast. It's right. just between me and her, and that's where it's going to stay. Right. Um, but it's a hard thing to say being positive could it change the outcome is basically what we're saying right and it absolutely can are we saying that's what happened we won't know we can who can say no one can say it's just like the power of prayer right you know you can be religious or not religious you know religious people would most likely say if you pray it can change the outcome right i i definitely believe in the power of prayer but also more in line with that even if you're not Christian or spiritual in that realm, people who are spiritual believe in positivity, right. changing the outcome. Right. So whatever you call it, prayer, positivity, even if it really doesn't change the outcome, it has no negative effect, right? Exactly. So we are currently of the the conundrum when I rolled back in the beginning and said this is a multifaceted discussion here. What we're really saying is, okay, hey, we were 
we had to take this time out from podcasting because if my friend was dying, I hate to say it like that, but fuck this podcast, you know, like, <laughs> like that's where I was. And I, I wanted Cindy to spend all the time with her family and like, just focus on her. And, but, and she did. And those are some beautiful memories that yeah. she'll have forever. But on the flip side of that, everybody's staying positive and we were, we were holding on, but we couldn't get on a podcast and talk about anything right then. It, it just mattered. Her health mattered more at that moment. Right. But um, as it always does, but it had to be the focus. But then did her staying positive and saying, I do not have this, did that actually change the outcome? Well, like I started off telling this story, like how I learned how to do like my own like exercises like when I couldn't do it, you know, when the chiropractor said you need to do the band work and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't do that. Taylor staying positive for my brother, that didn't help him. Right. But. Had I not done it, I would have felt guilty for the rest of my life because what if it could have worked? And then with Woody, with the trigeminal, when they're like, oh, you just have like a little, little fatty lipoma on your neck. And we're like, well, can you please just take it out? We don't want it there. And they're like, no. And then we just finally beg and beg and beg and beg and just hound and hound and hound until they do. And guess what? The trigeminal went away and we have Woody Overton telling podcasts because if they had cut every nerve in his face, like they said, they were going to have to do because of the trigeminal neuralgia he literally would have been a literally saw like drooling not talking being fed not even through a straw he would have no motor ability and no he would not be the storyteller he is a day he wouldn't have his head but he wouldn't have the physical he would not be able to to get it out of him and he would be laying in bed and it's a suicide disease he would have been in so much pain had that fatty lipoma just stayed there but it was us advocating for ourselves that did that that's where I got the fight in me to say I'm not accepting this diagnosis and I will see 50 million doctors across the world until I continue to get worse and I know absolutely that's what it is or I'm dead and I'll say that Woody had this exact same um mindset mm-hmm. because uh I was uh flying out to LA and then Detroit and I told Cindy I would go with her I didn't want her to go alone but she likes to like be alone when she's suffering and so I was texting Woody and was like, dude, I'm not, I can't let her be alone. Like, I hear what you're saying. And like, he's like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm going to be there for her. But he's like, I'm not accepting this diagnosis until he freaking tells me to my face. You know, so I was like, okay, good, good, good. So she's in good hands. We got this, whatever. And, and then they didn't even have to go. So either way, positivity is a benefit. But we'll right. it to you. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think that prayer can change it positivity can change your outcome is it possible that she did have ALS and staying positive changed the outcome right did you experience something similar that's what I want to know I want to hear those positive stories yeah did you experience something similar Mm -hmm. that were symptoms real close to Cindy's and and they found out what it was we we still we know we know we don't have a definitive diagnosis but we have several smaller diagnoses and that none completely fit the bill for what this is but right now i have no numbness in my leg for the first time like no numbness in months so you're talking about five Five months months. yeah so 
I can't flex it all the way up. Like, you know, I don't have that yet, but I actually was doing something today and I actually felt my muscle in my leg, my, my calf muscle. And I'm like, what's that? Like I hadn't had a, you know what I mean? I was losing yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And, and to, since you can't see what I'm looking at, Cindy has been sitting in the lawn chair the whole time. <laughs> Just like I would sit if I was at home comfortable with my legs pulled up to me. So her knees are to her chest. She would not have been able to do that before. No. To sit like that, your feet have to carry the weight of the rest of your legs because you're right. they're pulled up to you. Yeah. So she's been chilling in this chair looking <laughs> like, you know, we're sunbathing or something out here. Just comfortable as can be. And, and it's so good to see her look good again. I'm not saying she looked bad. She didn't. But... I mean, you can't move your foot. <laughs> like, well, it's just the weight of that yeah. on you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going through something heavy, stay positive. And, Keep going. And please don't, I mean, please do what you need to do to take care of yourself. I mean, like I said, my toxic trait is I, I retreat within. And I feel like it's a toxic trait because I, I feel like it cuts others off. And they don't understand but that's what I need for me. That's how I stay positive is by not talking about it, by not acknowledging it. You know what I mean? But so like explain that to your friends, explain that to your loved ones so they don't get their feelings hurt and right. they understand. And if they're being too negative, then definitely block them. Yes. Out. I know when I went to work COVID, um, I didn't tell a lot of people initially, but everyone I told had a very negative reaction initially because it was like, you know, I think we had COVID two weeks in America. I was in Iceland when COVID broke out. And then I came back under Trump's orders. Um, ever, he ordered all Americans out of Europe. And so I was in Frankfurt, Germany, and, and coming in with, you know, tons and tons of other Americans back to the U.S. Did not want to come back, by the way. Um, but, and then when I told people I was going to New York City to help with COVID, the closest people to me were all, and I was like, I was so positive about it. I thought it was a great experience. I was going to get out it's there. It's like going to but, war. Right. But everybody was like, you're going to die. I yeah. Mean, I literally, every, the first three people I told was like, you're going to die. Are you yeah. insane? Right. And they were not friendly about it at all. And and you didn't up. need that. Yeah. It was people I loved. And I'm not knocking them. I, I lost a lot of friends <laughs> in those first few months in COVID. And, I, and I'm not knocking them at all. I'm just saying we were on totally different. But, but it was. After about the third time, I was like, wait a second. Am I dying? Am, am, yeah. Is this a dissonance? Am I yeah. stupid for doing this? Like, right. But I still did it. And I didn't go in scared. I went in completely confident, but I did have to shut everybody out. Yeah. So I think that's why you retreat is so you don't have to listen to everybody else's negativity. Right. Because you don't want it to change your mentality. I don't want it to change my mindset. And, you know, and I don't want people to like suffer and know and have or to be you. yeah I don't yes because I did have that with one particular person and I felt like it was just the reach out for the pity yeah and I I don't want that at all and some people are like heaven forbid this is a little negative to say but some people are like such negative people that they don't even realize like they are attracted to the negativity yeah and the trauma and they just want to know the negative they wouldn't check on you if you were doing really well. But right. They check on you when you're negative. Yeah. They want to be in the center of that negative. Yes. They, they don't know it feeds their chaotic soul. Right. So right. I don't want that energy either. No. You know, but the purpose of this today is not to say, like, I mean, I feel like I'm saying this. Ha ha. I don't have ALS. I don't mean it in that way. I'm, I'm very excited and blessed and live. I feel like I have. I'm wearing shorts. I made a deal with God. This sounds so stupid, but I did. I made a deal with God that 
if I didn't have it, I would wear shorts because I have not walked out of my house since in 25 years with shorts on. I'm not, I mean, at least 20, since my daughter's been born and she's 23, before Sophie was born, I have not worn shorts. And I know that sounds stupid, but to go through life not just because you're embarrassed of your legs and not... There's nothing wrong with your legs. But yeah, that's that doesn't sound stupid. To put away a 20-year habit. And it's a protector because, but I'm like... I'm going to wear damn shorts. You, you look good, Cindy. That's why I said. I didn't mean you look bad before, but you look free. I feel free. And that's what, that's what this has done for me is it's, you know, I, I've always been free with my words. Like, I love you. I've always been free with telling people how I feel. If I love you, you know it. Yes. And, but I haven't been free with myself. Right, right. And I know that. And I haven't loved myself. Yeah. And that comes through because you're so giving to everybody else and you'll be super supportive and like, you know, when I met you and I was like, how can you be so put together but relate to me? I could not understand that. But your battle was secret. Your battle has always been internally with yourself. Yeah. Everybody loves you. We all see what you don't see. But that I think this was an important thing for you to go through so you'd stop fighting yourself so damn much. It gave me a new lease on life. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. And if I had ALS right now, I would still have on shorts because oh, yeah. I would be living my life. And I told Woody, we will go and we will have a smallest home possible. We might rent a shed. But that where we keep our belongings and we come home and we repack and we're going to travel and we're going to see the world and we're not stopping and and you're going to be pushing me up mountains and you're going to be pushing me through airports. We will live our fucking life. Like, and I know he would have done that. And he would have, but we got in a fight. We got in a horrible fight during the time that I hurt my ankle when I went to the, um, the neurologist for the first time and I didn't. But you didn't tell him, right? No. And we got in a, I mean, it was a bad fight. And he called me and he's like, how long are we going to do this? Meaning not talk or whatever. And I, and I started crying. I said, if you want out, you need to get out now because it doesn't look good. And I told him what the doctor said. And I mean, of course, I, I didn't do it. It was dramatic. I didn't do it for the drama of it. I did it of you better go. I meant it. Like you, you need. If we're going to be doing this, like go now because we fix. We have a bigger. We have bigger fish to fry right now than our stupid fight that I couldn't even tell you what it was about. Yeah. And you know we haven't really fought since because it shows. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. And that in the our friendship in that time has we were both struggling with various things and it it might just be like a quick I love you. We've never been drama talkers. So no. we've never been a small talker thing. But typically we would always find the time to let's talk this positivity piece out and come together and 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 see the story in this. But during this period and the absence that we did, we weren't together in the podcast. We were not together. We were together in spirit. Yeah. But we were both battling 
other things that yeah. need to be dealt with. And it was just a, I love you, I'm here. Yeah. Because we were on separate paths at that time. Yeah. And now we're both back <laughs> full circle again <laughs> as, I, as my voice squeaks and I can't talk. <laughs> It'll be okay. But um, it's beautiful. You, you look freer. I wish that the listeners could see it on your face um, and, know, and see what I'm seeing. Oh, I love it. you. But hopefully they hear it in your voice. Mm-hmm. I love you too. So I guess that's all of this hour. Um, we're back in it. There's nothing. We're going to record a few episodes in advance so that we don't, if this ever happens again to where we have to take a hiatus, you guys still have episodes. So really sorry about that. We hope you um, tune in. Give us your feedback in the comments on Facebook because we both see that. Um, again, that's, you guys know, we've been saying that's our only social media platform. Right we can't, I can't even handle that. So. Yeah, yeah that, that's it for us. Um, thank you so much for being listeners and for hanging in through this hiatus we can't wait to show you the rest of it because when we started this podcast i was in a very dark place and i was going yeah, through I got the hardest that. step of my life it yeah it's been one hell of a two years yeah um but it's coming out and yeah. it's, i'm coming out and I'm, I'm happier than ever better than ever and everything's really turning around and if i can if i can pull this podcast together with cindy and really her love me through it because when she met me i was already in the middle of this and so i did not expect this you know, semi-famous person to, I did not want to be telling her, oh, well, she's shaking her head at me. Um, but that's true, you know, I didn't, I was like kind of staying away from her because I was like, I felt like she would feel my badness around me and, and she didn't. She, the more I talked, the more she still like wrapped her arms around me, I guess, like figuratively. And I was just like, okay, there's something to this woman below what meets the eye. And so we've been inseparable sense um and like i said even though when she was going especially heart strings yeah 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 like we weren't physically together while she was going through the als thing because i was going through my cancer stuff and then the stuff with the hell of a lot of other stuff (laughs) the kidnapping you know (laughs) like there's so much stuff but um but that's just the way my life has gone it's it's always been like that so it's i don't know that that part's changing but but i have healed so much internally and, and and i'm in a totally different place and the positivity remains so stay with us this podcast is going to turn into some more beautiful stuff we didn't know what it was going to be exactly when we started but we wanted to get that out to you about the health aspect and and i can't wait to see what this becomes and about maintaining positivity yeah 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 so i don't know what our next episode is going to be on we have no idea (laughs) but if you maybe comment leave us a comment give us some suggestions we have plenty of ideas yeah this could go so many directions. Yeah. <laughs> As most, I'm surprised we stayed on track. This yeah, podcast. So if you want to see, well, it's cause it was a heavy subject. I know. You know. So um, we love you guys. We really appreciate you. Um, like I said, I feel like I might talk to you guys in person more than Cindy does because you guys come to my clinic and became my patients because of this podcast. Yeah. So, thank you so much for that. It it's the craziest feeling to know that you have heard such intimate details about my life and Cindy's life. And then you come to the clinic because of it. I'm like, I don't know if that makes you crazy or me crazy, but it's, it's a hell of a ride and, and it's yeah. an honor and a privilege. So thank you so much. And from both of us, um, yes. thanks for listening. And, and I hope that you got some positivity from this today and continue to love it. So um, stay positive. <laughs> yes. Say positive. Well, let me say that. Stay positive people. <laughs> yeah,